You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I am your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by BatmanOnFilm.com. Just go to BatmanPodcastNetwork.com for a whole list of other Bat-related shows that also love to dip into nerdy topics we love to frolic about in our free time. Thank you for tuning in to episode number 55, A Lonely Place of Dying. Joining me and his triumphant return to the show. For this Robin-centric journey, we had to call in the man who knows all about Robin. So much so that he, he hosts a show called Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake. And his name also starts with an R. It's Mr. Robin, Robin Myers? Rob Myers. Or <laughs> <laughs> like, slip? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for Eric Holtzman to walk in and go, no, no. It's my show. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's my show. Um, yeah, yeah I, re- I didn't mean to do that, and I'm sure you've heard it many times, but it just slipped out. Just So, you know, we have, like, my birthday or whatever going on, and Mom found a Batman and Robin. Like, you know, Batman and Robin, wish you a happy birthday. Well, after a while, Mom cut out that little banner thing and put it in my room, took out the happy birthday. Instead of it saying Batman and Rob, she art so artfully so like covered up i don't know what type of paper mache whatever she did but it just said batman and rob and i always thought that was the cool thing so then i got a lot of robin stuff because mom was like rob robin so the freudian slip i think goes in the family so it's all good i i get it i get it and you're like thanks mom moms make things so magical yeah until until i'm 18 and mom's like why are you collecting all this robin stuff (laughs) oh Uh, not not my mother i became an adult and i said don't you dare think i'm gonna grow up and stop this batman love affair it's gonna go on forever she understood sir before so this is your fourth appearance on the show Uh, quattro you were episode number four like Mm -hmm. uh, just a little over a year ago for batman and son you came back for the novelization of batman forever on its 25th anniversary and you were the guest for one of the uh most talked about batman stories of recent mm-hmm. years in batman three jokers so uh here we are today with the lonely place of dying and be- before we dip into that yes uh rob myers just showed me the the three card jokers. Which I had the card out since we have last talked. They have not left my desk. I put them right on the desk and I was like, I got to put those in a bag and board. And when you were just talking about that, I'm like, wow, they've been on that desk (laughs) since the last time I was on the show. Well, they're so nice. You kind of don't want to put them away. And you were such a gentleman. You, you mailed me and you had extras of the, that first, the first kind that came out and my shop never gave me any. And so you were a gentleman and a scholar and you sent it to me. So I'm, I'm eternally grateful. That's um, what you do, man. Just like the aliens from Toy Story. <laughs> right. <laughs> so before we dip into A Lonely Place to Dying, I've got to ask you, sir, what Batman have you been reading lately aside from what we're about to talk about? I might get booed for this. I have not been reading a lot. You can see it, but the listeners can't. There is a stack over here uh, that has existed since before Batman Future State. 
I have wow. not read like right around Batman 100, 101, somewhere around that. And once Future State came out, I didn't read. I got off the DC train for a moment. I thought, I ain't doing this Future State. But as I say that, I do have, of course, I can't find it. I have the Future State Robin issue again because, you know, it's, it's Tim Drake. So I haven't read it yet. Oh. It's, I mean, with being on the internet, I kind of know what's, what's going on. So I haven't read a lot of current Batman books, but I've kind of gone through because of the Robin podcast doing that and Batman Legacy. So I think that's probably the answer I had last time. Was was Batman <laughs> Legacy? So, just because of my own show, I've been reading that. But as far as new stuff, I go to the comic shop and I pick up books, but I haven't been reading them as much as I should. So I, you know, I read because I know that you were not going to dip into Future State. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to because I review comics for Batman on film, and so I was able to um, dip in that way and i read the robin issue and i was like i really hope rob myers only if anything just reads Mm -hmm. these two robin issues because these are pretty damn cool and the art by eddie barrows or barrows apologies is yeah chef's kiss Uh, that that was the big thing like i went out and found all the variant covers for that Mm -hmm. because As you know, I'm a variant whore like Pete Vera. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, um, so that alone, I was like, well, it's Eddie, met him, got things signed and yada, yada, whatever. So I was going to read that or at least pick it up just because of Eddie's art. Uh, Terrence for Everyone Loves the Drake did review that on our YouTube channel. So he said, hey, you, when you get this, you got, we got to check it out, read it together and stuff like that. So hearing from Terrence that it was pretty good. So everything else, I was just kind of like, I was just reading reviews and go, huh. I might have liked that, or I was going, hmm, yeah, glad I didn't read that. So, though, the, inevitably, they're going to be on DC Universe, right? In right. which then I'd I'd say Batman Dark Detective, because of course, but then yeah. also the two Nightwing issues are fantastic. Also, I heard those were really so, good as well. Uh, we did so I did two crossover episodes with this, them boys from Straight Out of Gotham on Future State. Um, yes, maybe a gimmick. But also, I mean, it was actually a pretty good quality storytelling for those two months. So that's, I don't know, when they become easier, like accessible for people, I, I'd recommend dip into, yeah, just dip in here, dip in there. And because um, overall, I think it was, it was pretty, pretty good. Something yeah. that I think is also pretty good. It's Batman, a lonely place of dying. Oh, hey, hey, oh. hey, wow. What a, what a great transition, right? That is the book I built my Robin church on. <laughs> <laughs> well, then it's, it's very appropriate. Now I've yeah. got, a, I've got some info here and then I've got a, a pretty good question for you. Right. Uh, the, the story of Batman, a lonely place of dying is a five issue story crossing over between the Batman title and the new Titans title. Batman issues 440 through 442 and the new Titans 60 and 61 collaborations of writing credits go to Marv Wolfman and George Perez Uh, collaboration of artistic talents are Jim Aparo and Mike DiCarlo and Tom Grummet. They were released between August and October of 1989. What a year. Yo, yeah. It's been collected in multiple trades, hardcover, single issues, digital. They're on DC universe. Uh, which version did you read for this episode, Rob Myers? I read my brand new 
Eagle Moss, which I'm trying to get Lauer to go down this road, <laughs> which I didn't tell him, with their whole library, there is a spine. So Ryan's the only one that can see this. If you collect the whole series, you get this long-spanning history of Batman artwork on the spine. So when it's on your Batman library, yeah. you'll have a completed image, and it starts with – this one has a little bit of Tim Drake's eye and uh, the shoulder of Batman. I forget what the okay. others, but they – and they don't go in chronolo chronological order either. Either. They don't either. Go in chronological order either. <laughs> either. Uh, they're kind of done at random, so you may get the Dark Knight and then the next – when it was like a, an issue type of series and it might be court of owls and then it may jump to long Halloween. So uh, they were originally based out of the UK. I have a buddy that lives in Scotland and I said, Hey, Stu, uh, can you go down to your store and find the copy of a lonely place of dying? And he sent it to me. So um, wow. they are easier to kind of come by on eBay and stuff now, but, uh, or sometimes your local comic book shop will jump in and start doing some of those issues. So I have seen some of these, here in the u.s but these are actually printed um in the uk so nice. but yeah this is a nice hardcover so this is what i read i was wanting an excuse to sit down and actually <laughs> not that i don't yeah. need to read it but you know i've got a german version that i found on ebay that i got signed at a convention wow. by uh perez and uh wolfman and it's it's like a treasury sized issue remember the big treasury issues yeah but it's just a little bit smaller than that but uh the only thing in English that you can read on the front cover of this is other than Batman, but then Tim Drake's name. Batman. <laughs> the, Batman. <Tim> so, <laughs> and they broke Very this cool. up weird. So it's like kind of part of the issue of Batman 441 and then Teen Titans and then two pages of 442. Hmm. So they broke the, those issues up in really weird, thin little trades. But so the long answer is I'm reading from the Eagle Moss deluxe edition of Lonely Place. So, and we'll get, I'll get into this a little bit more. I have multiple copies of this of this story. The one that I read for this is from the DC Comics Classics Library Archive that mm. does a combination of Death in the Family and um, A Lonely Place of Dying. And at the time, this was released, I believe, in 2006. Um, many hardcore fans will know that some of these, that DC, this was kind of just like a limited time which is too bad because i would have liked to have seen them uh, continue this um but yeah. it's like the, it's like the yellow bottom half of the spine and then the top half varied between you know like blue and red and gray or green <laughs> pending on which stories but this one i really loved because it had a really quick blurb or no well first of all it had the I think the ad for that was in comics in death in the family of robin will die because the joker Oh um, yeah, wants yeah. revenge and to call the numbers. So they put that ad in here, which I thought was really cool. But then there's also a, a nice write up from Marv Wolfman on creating Tim Drake, and then it it dips into the back half of the book is a lonely place of dying. Now, it's interesting to me. Um, this my other versions of that I own are I have the the issues. The, the, the issues that came out in 1989 but then I also had the collected trade of that the first one that's got Batman and Robin on the front yep right there yep. and, and on the inside was or is still written happy seventh birthday Ryan from my uncle oh, so really? I think it's it's one of if not is the yeah I've got a different autograph from my <laughs> uncle 
And what you can't see, Rob just says like, "Mine signed by Marv Wolfman." Oh, not your yeah. Uncle. No, shut kidding. up about your uncle, okay? Because <laughs> no, uh, I got Marv Wolfman. <laughs> but it's it's one of my first trades. It might even be my first actual trade, not first comics. Um, but I had a bunch of regular issues, but that was like the first trade. And so uh, this for a variety of reasons, not for like some kind of like deep emotional and nothing like that. It's just, it was like one of my first trades. And so yeah. it was, you know, in, in the early nineties, we didn't have the digital anything. We didn't have accessibility as well, especially in small town, Indiana. Access- so it was just reading, rereading what you have over and over. And over I remember and I read this story a ton. And so I, it's safe to say I was probably seven when I first read this. Do you, when did you first read this? I read it in 1989 and trying to do my math being born in 74 there. I'll let you math people <laughs> fi- figure out that I don't math on a Saturday. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's when I first read it as single issues as they were coming out. And speaking of trades, like back then, DC just like now, they'll just they, they'll print trade. Everything gets a trade. Like yeah. DC was very selective. And when somebody says, oh, you can go get the trade for that. I was like, I don't like what? So the first two <laughs> trades I ever bought was a seventh printing of uh death in the family and then the same day that this came out so it was dumb luck that some my comic guy said hey that's in a bookstore that was just across the street i think it might have been b dalton at the time he says it's out Uh, there i just saw it so b dalton back in the day so that's where i i bought this and it's um that's one of my favorite things like i said the the other than the few smattering issues the first two trades i bought at the same time were uh, death in the family and lonely place very cool yeah, and I should have mentioned they just released DC did a deluxe edition of A Death in the Family, and I believe that also collects A Lonely Place of Dying. But our friend, our mutual friend, Javi Trujillo, and when he was on before we discussed, he covered year three, Batman year three. And yeah. we continually think, why is that never included in this? What a perfect trilogy of A Death All in the f- Family, year three, yeah. Lonely yeah. Place of Dying. Why is DC so hesitant on collecting the three together it doesn't make any sense and so when this this new death in the family deluxe was announced we were looking at it like okay this has got to be it right it's a deluxe it's got all three and nope some reason they skip over those (laughs) that middle story and Uh, it only recently just got printed what two years ago in the i'm gonna get the title wrong the book's just too far out of my reach to get it but it's like the the legends of batman series that was going on that they've been going through all of the uh batman run for a while and it's like mm-hmm. the marv wolfman era of that story and it's funny it's like death in the family it was in the previous trade and it's like for the first time since 1989 like uh batman year three has not been reprinted until 2018 or, or something like that which was kind of crazy so and what's missing from that trade the only place of dying <laughs> so is there a deal like if, uh, if we could do these only two of them but not all three together. So like getting that book, I was like, I was like so excited. They're all three going to be in here. Nope. Lonely place or not. Or uh, death in the family year three. And then it jumps to four, four, three. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay. Now this was something I'm not going to lie. I expected this to be your pick when I first asked you <laughs> the longest year in the history of man uh, right. was 2020. Um, if you can, if you can remember way back when, uh, and I asked if you'd like to be on the show, if you'd be so pleasant to come on. 
I expected this to be your pick and it wasn't. And then Batman Forever, I think I kind of chose for you mm-hmm. and asked. And then Three Jokers, it was current. And so we were like, do you want to just cover it like as like right when it finishes? And we did. So for this time around, we're finally getting around to Lonely Place of Dying. But what was it that made you choose? You, you basically chose it. We'll just say, what made you choose A Lonely Place of Dying? Because I think this was, not because, I know, Batman 89 was in the summer of that year. So mm-hmm. I was just starting to really get back into comics. I bought year year three issues. Three and four were both on the newsstand at the same time. I should say newsstand at my local 7-Eleven on the spinner rack. Mm-hmm. And when I started digging through there, for some reason, they didn't pull the other two issues. They were buried behind some other books. So I bought all four of those at the same time. And the last panel talks about a lonely place of dying. And because I bought that first issue thinking, oh, Robin's going to be back in the book. I was so excited to see Robin Mm -hmm. again and go, what? He's not here. So with everything going on in Batman 89, I was already primed to start reading Batman comic books. So this was actually one of the first things that I was, I bought day one off of the stand and thinking this is going to be the triumphant series that brings Dick Grayson. And this kid is going to talk to Dick and say, you're going to be Robin again. And we'll get into the story. Little did I know that my D my favorite DC hero was going to come right out of this story. So that's, that's why it's my favorite. We'll get to more in that. And what I, what I akin this book to um, we'll get into that as well. I, for how I just told you, it's one of my first trades. But it's always funny because for some reason, there are bits and pieces of the book that I remember perfectly. And then there's a bunch of gaps that are like this time. I don't know the last time that I read it. I mean, it's not like it was 10 years ago or something like that, but I don't remember the last time I read it. And so reading it here, it was kind of like, oh yeah, I kind of, I forgot about that. And oh yeah, I forgot about this. And and it's and it's definitely cool now, especially the the Titans issues of, you know, we've got Star or Cyborg and Starfire, but then we also get, you know, th- there's Jericho's in there. And I, I'm not familiar. I, you know, I will puff my chest and say, I've got Batman knowledge. Outside of him, I will most certainly hand over my sword on any other character in DC Comics. Because um, mm-hmm. though I'm familiar with a lot, there's so much that I don't know. But the Titan show on HBO Max introduced me to Jericho. So like, that's just one case yeah. of, oh, Jericho, reading this, that it's like now, you know, there's a connection. I know the character of Jericho here and, and stuff. So that kind of stuff, um, that's just like one example of things click on this. I'm getting something every time that I read it. There, let's just put it that way. Yeah. A roundabout way of <laughs> I enjoy every time I read this, even though I read it a ton as a kid, but I think I'm guilty as a kid of looking at the pictures and not reading all the words. <laughs> yeah, I, I I know I did that for a while as you're growing up. I get more like comics is one of those mediums. You can really, if the art's done very well, you can read with your eyes pretty well and get the gist yeah. of the story. So, you know, there's always that green time when you're getting into comics the first time and just like flipping through issues. But this was one, again, I heard you say in previous shows of when you have those early comic books and they could be like, oh, I ha- remember when I had seven comic books. Mm-hmm. Guess what? I read those seven over and over and over again. Yeah. So you, those, those are the books that really start sticking with you. So I had a few more issues before this, but I think just the idea of them bringing a proper Robin back to Batman 
um, just really excited me because I always, like I said, gravitated towards the character. So that was a big in for me. And the story was just written so, so very well with Marv Wolfman. Absolutely. So let's just, let's dive right into that. And I think it's written so well because it's patient, you know, yeah. like we need to get the point across of Bruce slash Batman is suffering uh, with guilt of Jason's death still, which at this point would have been over a year. A year. 88 would have been. Um, I don't know what time of 88 like specifically, but definitely like it's been a year in mm -hmm. comics and they're still taking their time to nail the point home, but progressing forward. And I think something that's, that's different in here, though technically it's not his first appearance uh, is I think almost an almost genuine way of introducing the new character of Tim Drake. And because I definitely feel we're at a point now with comics uh, currently that a new character is definitely feeling to me, it's just feeling more forced because it's happening all the time of just constant in your face. This is our new character. We're following this one in Tim Drake. I mean, we, who knows if DC had the foresight of the longevity of Tim Drake and what a powerful character he was going to turn out to be. But right. it, it, it's somewhat, it's somewhat organic. I think it, it just feels smooth. Yeah, his introduction into this story. Yeah, it gives you time to really build into the character. And I was just looking, uh, Death in the Family started October 1988. And okay. the death of Jason issue was January 89. So by the time you get to Batman 440, that is October 1989. I so am wrong. Shut down the show. I'm We're spitting done. out fake I, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would have been, I think because of that first issue, I, my gut says, oh, it's exactly a, a year yeah. Yeah, from, from issue one to issue one of the, those two stories. Yeah, a, a year, but. We're going to, we're going to stick by roughly a year. A year. <laughs> <laughs> roughly a year. Um, I think this, do you just want to talk about, I mean, you're all about the Drake. Let's just, oh, let's yeah. start off talking about the Drake. What is the appeal in this story of Tim Drake? The appeal of the story is, and I think what really gravitated toward me is the reason why Robin exists in the beginning, because yeah. he is the POV for the audience. When, you know, the whole idea of the kid's sidekick, like you can't, like, some people can imagine themselves being Batman, but you could always imagine yourself being Robin or Bucky or you know, Wonder Girl or wh whoever the teen sidekick is, Kid Flash or whatever, standing next to your favorite hero and going on an adventure with them. Mm -hmm. So Tim gets to be the character that is reemphasizing not only for the reader, but to Batman himself of why, why he's hurting and he has to be able to deal with that hurt and why Robin is so important. Because by the time we get into the story, if we're going to kind of jump here. Sure, yeah, yeah. That when... Tim is in the Robin costume for the first time. And Batman is kind of berating him saying, you know, last time a boy wore this costume, he got killed. And Tim has this great line of, and sadly it's in the news when a police officer or someone in the military, whatever dies, that it doesn't stop. Somebody else comes in and takes that place because justice knows no ends. And by you saying that, 
you know, it's, it's a dangerous place for Robin to be killed. If the villains know that, then who's the next step? Who's the next person that a villain is going to go after? That legacy of the character has to continue and it has to mean something. And it means something for Bruce as well. It, it keeps Batman from being a whole Batman. Mm-hmm. That Robin is the living embodiment of why he's fighting this crime to begin with, which Javi and I had talked about on our show um, when we were doing... Uh, I'm trying to remember the uh, Dick Grayson and Jason Todd first meeting. Uh, so Batman 430 something, uh, pardon me. But anyway, um, having, having that interaction between the two of them of saying that there, there's history between these two characters and on the night at the circus, when uh, Dick's parents fall to his death, it's at that moment that Bruce takes in, you know, Bruce's whole mission was I'm going to go out and fight crime. So nothing has to happen to another boy like myself. And here he's at the circus witnessing history, repeating himself. And then without that Robin, he's kind of like a ship without a rudder rudder. Like, yeah, he's still fighting for his parents death, but having Robin there really grounds the character from going completely off the rails because he can look back over his shoulder and go, that's me. I'm that boy. That's the person I'm fighting for. Yeah. Woo. Woo. What I can all, I say? I got um, a Robin Churchy there for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Preach. Preach, Pastor Rob. Um, I think what, what really sells me on Tim here, I do get a criticism of, wow, that's quite perceptive of a young child to just totally – figure out the identities of Batman and Robin, you know, orphan vision. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But it's also a comic. Uh, It's, it's okay. And it works because Tim is so damn genuine and likable. And to me, I think what always stands out in the story and every time I read it is how much he's like, I'm not trying to be Robin. I'm just telling you, Dick, you need to be Robin. Batman needs Robin. And that just seems like that's his, uh, that's his reason for for this for this pursuit of the two, of Batman of Bruce and Dick is to just be like no 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 we need Batman needs a Robin, uh, and I think that that's just that's selfless, and that yeah. just really demonstrates like the the heart of the Tim Drake character pre uh, Pixie Boots you know pre yeah. any of that stuff he right. it just kind of shows no the kid at heart is. Uh, he's just trying to do good and he's looking out for somebody else. And he's trying to repair the damage, I guess is lack of a better word uh, between Bruce and Dick. Like if Dick can kind of refill that void for Robin, it's not only going to help Bruce get over the loss of Jason, but it's also going to reconnect Bruce and Dick. And you said it perfectly. It's a selfless act. That's the only reason Tim had figured that out, could see where Batman was starting to slip and knows if I can convince Dick Grayson to go back to the cave and patch things up, it's going to heal that wound that could effectively kill Batman. And when Tim reaches that point, which was a moment when Dick's holding up the Robin costume and says, you know, they say you can go home, but sometimes you can't. And he drops the costume and he's in his Nightwing costume. And Tim's like, no, you don't understand. And Alfred has that great line of like, maybe young sir the master brought you here for another reason and that was at that moment i was like 
this kid's gonna be robin like like, <laughs> oh my, <God. laughs> like my 14 year old self or whatever couldn't figure that out reading between the lines but it was my 34 year old self was like oh my gosh <laughs> yeah. i like i don't know how, what i was gonna add to that i completely lost it but i mean it's still it still works for me on i don't know what number read this is but i don't know like that's a great damn scene <laughs> yeah that's a great part of this the whole the whole story yeah i'm just kind of flipping through and you get so many classic moments you get like a little bit of year three you get some early you know very batman 1960s ish when you know dick is telling the story of his parents mm -hmm. uh dying or whatever but uh i'm kind of i'm stuck through. browsing through this again yeah uh, yeah which, great I, I, radio Great radio right now, me just flipping through a bug. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, well, let's let's move from Tim Drake to the Batman himself. Oh yeah. Uh, I I always remember. There's just always been something about that very first page of the story that has always stuck out to me. Did mm -hmm. um, I? And I don't know why, because I don't exactly think that it's like. It's not the greatest looking, yeah, yeah, the greatest looking villain or anything, but it's just something about that has always, oh, that's Lonely Place of Dying, Lonely Place of Dying, Lonely Place of Dying to me. Um, but I mean, like, it's an important scene because you're just kind of seeing Batman's not taking this villain to task like he usually does and should. And then Tim is there. We don't know it's Tim, but Tim's there snapping the photos of it. Mm-hmm. And that really sets off this whole, that, that plants the, or sets the stage, there we go, for, you know, Batman's just suffering. He's not, he's not his usual self. He's lacking. Yeah, this is an O-list villain. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It, little, little trivia, <laughs> uh, it's not said here in the book unless you found it otherwise. Do you know what the name of this villain is? I do not. I was Raven for that. Ravenger. Oh, the classic Ravenger. Right, you know that all so and so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who was used in a filler issue once, maybe outside of this story. <laughs> Which I, I think that just goes to show it really heightens. Like if this yeah. no name villain, literally no name villain, one till years later that they really gave him a name that can do this much damage to an already weakened Batman. I mean but this doesn't kind of set in the seeds for like nightfall, like way down the line, like Batman's going to go through some of these trials again, that he barely escapes and makes it to the car. Um, you see like the, the bloody footprints or whatever. Yeah. I remember reading this for the first time and going, what is going on with Batman? Like he's getting his, butt, he's getting a butt kick, butt kicking from this guy in a S and M costume. Like what's going on? <laughs> the next, the next villain S and M. S <laughs> And it would be like S and M, E S S E N space M or E M S and M. Right, yeah, of course, because that, that's what that's exactly what they would do. S and M. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to go through like every single scene with Batman and Bruce in this, but I think then uh, what comes just a couple pages later is his his conversation with Alfred. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, we also get some we get some history of like newspaper clippings and such and other and images or pictures taken but then that whole alfred just kind of telling bruce of like 
or I'm sorry, this instantly, and it's because I just watched it, but instantly made me think of The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, yeah, yeah. When Alfred said, I've, I've set your bones, I've sewn you up, and, and going through all, like, that speech, I'm just like, man, this has got to be, and then I'm going to bring up something else, Dark Knight Rises, here in a mm-hmm. little bit. Uh, this, I, it'd be hard for me to think that this wasn't somehow referred to. Right. Because the point oh. of this of this scene, some of the though Alfred in Dark Knight Rises isn't ex- saying the exact same dialogue, the point is there. It's right. just almost exactly. too spot on to it's yeah. not a coincidence. And if you're a detective, it, you don't believe in coincidence, okay? That's right. But I, I love this scene. Yeah, I it's a great scene. And even the way Aparo draws oh. Bruce's face, I mean Again, oh. Church, Church of Aparo right here as well. <laughs> but you can see the, uh, would be my page nine on the book where um, after Alf, the Alfred is saying, aside from the muscle, muscle strain and the occasional pulled ligament you need for medical attention uh, was minimal. Like that scene of Batman's jaw kind of drop, like it's, like it's sinking in to Bruce of like, all right, yeah, you're right. But in a couple quick panels, Bruce is back to being like, you don't know what you're talking about. You know? Yeah. Then he's back to classic Bruce. Right. And that's why we love him because he's very much like Alfred. You're right. I know this. Right. But then also I'm Bruce Wayne. Damn it. Shut up. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm kind of a prick. I got to go but see also, the city. Yeah, I got to see the city. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that just helps. And then he turned the page and he's got his old electric razor out and he's suiting back up. Like, yeah, yeah. I got it. I got to get on town and I got to, I got to shave. Okay. My a beard's going to just give it away. So right. uh, the, the main villain you'd say through this, although you've, you've got to have a villain, but like the, the story it's, it's the villain's not that integral to this story the antagonist is really batman himself yeah if you really stop man that's deep (laughs) deep. so you mean it's really dick dick and tim are kind of the heroes of the story until batman gets swayed so and if we want to spoil the you know if you don't spoil it all if you don't know who um he has a split personality. I'll just say that. What? Sun, sunny side up, sunny side down. So yeah, Two Face is is the villain of the story, mm-hmm. and we, we kind of say like there is a villain. It's not till like the back half of the book that Two Face's part really starts to yeah. uh, starts to push in, and it's it's early. If you start reading through some of the Robin comics, Two Face and Robin really start being come become that's an intelligent sentence start becoming almost inseparable through robin and dick grayson's story moving forward that those are always two are always kind of paired together in some fashion i guess i haven't really noticed that but now i'm gonna i'm gonna go on the hunt but i i know wolfman had said that his his favorite batman villain is Mm two-face he wanted to definitely psychoanalyze him and really capitalize on the the dual psyche and the the twos and it's funny in this write-up that he has in my version how he even says that you know the internet today the internet would have made all those two inspired clues easier to research but i had a ball finding more and more obscure bits and how he'd have to go and look at stacks at the library to try and find Mm -hmm. stuff but like the 
another thing I always remember about this is definitely the just the way that Aparo, oh he him and Bray Fogel, because I had just you know limited readings, I had Aparo and Bray Fogel issues. Those were yeah. it. So those were what I read over and over and over, and Ditto. that was the the my little my little mind like that's what was fed to me is is those guys. But I love this this setting and introduction of uh, Dent, which I mean I don't think we don't even know that it's. Two-Face at the, the first two pages that he's on. No, because he's usually held in shadow. And any spot of his face that you would see is always the, what I would call the human side. Yeah, of him. exactly. And I mean, we get teased about it until his, ultimately his reveal. But then that, that adds a lot to, um, to read it over, you know, like replay value. Mm-hmm. Because then now you can go back and read like, oh, what was the, the radio bit and stuff. And that, that's a really cool concept and a way to play that out of um good harv and bad harv you know talking to each other and how what what they did to uh portray that and it's it's just cool this look of this two-face is also pretty cool i think yeah uh it's total comic book but that that that's okay that's what sometimes that's why we buy comic books exactly (laughs) well like you said the whole thing with the radio at some point you start thinking I don't even think the radio is actually on. That's his mental psychosis speaking to him. So it's a nice little twist at the end that it, it is somebody else really screwing with him. (laughs) (laughs) Messing with it all. I think what's, what's also really great about the use of, of Two-Face is how much fun Aparo got to have with the layouts. So like, for example, in issue or Batman 441, which is, you know, chapter three, I mean, it starts off going back and forth between Batman and Two-Face in which that first, that first page is Two-Face and then right next to him is Batman. And you can, you can just read their dialogue bubbles of Two-Face, then Batman, then Batman, then Two-Face and go back and forth that way. But then you go to the two-page spread, which is exactly like mirroring each other. Yeah. And that is, that is great in how it can be read of just, nope, let me read top to bottom on the left, now top to bottom. Or you can do the panel or back and forth back and forth the panel uh i just think like that that stands out to me of just like this is just freaking cool like i i always say on this on this show of like i i need better i need to get a damn thesaurus next to me because i <laughs> it's so awesome and it's so cool it's so cool and it's it's it's, it's, really it's cool <laughs> it's, yeah it's so cool that it's it's like cool you know is that cool but I don't know what else to say other than it just, it's cool, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, even the, the, the page before that, that um, when Harvey's flipping the coin and Batman's on the gargoyle, all of the same panel layouts are exactly the same. They're just mirrored, haha, flipped. <laughs> so even to the point where if Batman has a batarang in his hand, Harvey has the coin in his hand. If yes. Harvey's flipping the batarang, Batman's throwing the batarang. And each of their, if their head's tilted to the right, Harvey's is tilted to the left. So um, Aparo just did a phenomenal job in just the layout and not staying, like, breaking from the traditional. Like, all right, here's a nine-panel grid. Here's a nine-panel grid. Here's a four-panel grid. Like, even his insert panels and art being skewed a little to the left or right and mirroring that in the corresponding page is just absolutely fantastic. It's And it's great, too, in progressing the story. So stylistically, it's... 
it's awesome. It stands out. Yeah. But also for the story, it's it's great because Two Face is trying to figure out. He's trying to get in the mind of Batman. Oh, Batman will do this if I do this, and Batman's doing the exact same thing. And to where the end result is that I'm trying to think of how to even explain this. They both do exactly what the other one thinks they're going to do by not doing it or some like, yeah, yeah. some kind of like, this is exactly how it's supposed to go to where they both are not doing what they're doing the opposite. (laughs) If, if two face is going to be on this bridge, then I'm going to go to the tunnel and two face is saying, well, Batman would go to the bridge. So I'm going to go to the tunnel and they both end up in the same spot. I think they actually both end at the bridge, but I got that backwards, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a, what is like the, there's a phrase, I'm like, it's a riddle wrapped in an enigma, wrapped like, in a, like, so, <laughs> wrapped in a turducken. Yeah. And it's, and it's almost like the old, the Ouroboros, the, the snake eating its tail. Like, okay, so wait, where does it start and where does it end? It's, right. No, it's just going to keep going. Classic. These, these two, oh, these silly kids. Um, but the, you can almost say the main payoff for, the use of Two-Face is definitely at that end where, mm. I mean, yet again, it's the life of the original Robin is in jeopardy because of Two-Face. And, and it's like, you could even think, uh-oh, Batman yet again has another Robin's life in trouble. He's Nightwing. But still, because of Batman, somebody else could die. And I mean, let's just... What people have read the story, it's over 30 years old. Uh, Tim Drake suits up as Robin mm. and comes and saves the day. By some miracle, do you remember exactly what you thought when you first read this? Uh, yeah, I do because it's been a boy, <laughs> it's, it's been the same thought that I've carried with me, okay. you know, 30, 30 some odd years later. Is I don't know if i knew the word vindication back then but it's complete i it felt complete like there was a natural progression for tim to go through even these five little issues even the titans issues which i want to kind of pick your brain about a couple things sure when he is holding up that suit and it's kind of glowing in his hands Mm -hmm. and seeing him fight two-face you instantly bought it and i was instantly going this is robin this is what what we wanted i'm going even if I thought, okay, this kid's probably 13 years old. Dick could be 20 something like in my mind going, well, what would Dick's Robin costume look like? And we didn't know that Tim was getting a new costume at this point, but seeing Tim in this costume run after two face and clocking him, I was like, it works. Yeah. Robin is back. So yeah, back then I, I was just completely elated that there was Robin and I was hoping it wasn't a one-off gimmick, but yeah, I just, remember being very happy and very satisfied that I could go, this is my Robin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, he just, he, he's someone to root for in this moment. It's not annoyance yeah. at all. And I, I have no idea what my young little mind thought the first time I read this. I mean, uh, he's, he's going to save, I think even in his mind, he's going to save Batman and Robin, even though yeah. he's dressed up as Robin, that this Batman and, and Nightwing are under all that rubble and they're calling out. And even when Batman says, who's out there? And Tim's like, for now, just call me Robin. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just such a cool moment to see Robin's name mentioned again. 
it's, it's all I wanted. It's all I ever it's all wanted. I, wanted. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got Christmas in October of 89. <laughs> you mentioned the, the new Titans um, issues. In those, it, I, I'm not aware of what was going on with Dick Grayson at this time, but this, yeah. I mean, this basically says he, he's, he left the Titans. Yeah. Uh, they're trying to locate him, and he joined the circus again. And they gave him something to do with that because the Haley Circus is struggling. But there's this whole situation unfolding there of a tiger attack or a lion attack and um, bankrupting. Like, basically, Haley's Circus is out of business now. But but bum, 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 it's not the lion's fault. It was jerks that were trying to set up somebody else. But Dick Grayson was there to solve the, solve the case. But... Uh, Go ahead with whatever you want to say about those two Titans issues. So I know that our ages are a little bit, so you probably picking them up off of the shelf when I did probably was a fiscal impossibility. But these two, the two Titans issues were prestige format issues. So stores were not getting them in the quantities that uh, they were getting their Batman spot. Because this was like the hottest selling DC book at the time, right? Right. The new Titans were. The new Titans. So they started this prestige format book. So my shop was not carrying some of those. I thought, well, if people are only probably going to pick this up because the Batman book. So if they had five issues of 440 on -hmm. the shelf, they had three issues of Titans 36, I think. 36 to 37, 35 or 36. I forget which which way that goes. Oh, for these two? Yeah. Oh, these were 60 and 61. Or, or sorry, 60 and 61. That's yeah. right, yeah. Um, which I, I found kind of odd. So uh, I was able to get both of them, you know, day of or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I always felt bad for the person that went to go pick up Batman. Like I said, if there were three issues of that, somebody was going to pick up those. And there were people that I had run into later that were like, I couldn't get these Titan issues. So this was the first time that I had read Starfire, I knew who Cyborg was because of the Super Friends. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I know that guy. But I don't know this Raven person. I don't know the girl with the stars all over her. <laughs> Raven I, looks very different from the Raven. Yeah, Raven looks now. very like, now Raven's kind of a catch. But you're like, well, you look like Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> I didn't know who Sinead O'Connor was at this time. <laughs> you're uh, like, if, if a Sinead O'Connor exists, it probably looks like this one. But yeah, it probably looks know. like this one. And I didn't know who um, Mute Fabio was at the time because I wasn't reading <laughs> Titans or whatever. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> but but because of that, I started getting curious of like, oh, so this is where Dick Grayson has been. So I started picking up some of the Titans books because of this. I wasn't an avid Titans reader, but every now and then I would go, oh, this looks like a fun issue. So I always kind of associate Little Place of Dying with the Teen Titans because that's kind of where I really got my introduction from. It did what a crossover, they plan and hope a crossover does. Is yes, this is how you successfully do a crossover and not, you know as much as I love court of owls and death in the family, like telling a story, but okay, now every other book is going to tie. Like, no, yeah, that's the right way is, to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's organically built in and you, you need these books to tell the story because the characters or the central plot revolves around this. So in the context of the Titans books, you'd be reading along and going, what, this doesn't make any sense, but Wolfman and Perez were smart enough after the lonely place of dying was when Dick comes back to the Titans, they start referencing what happened in Batman. So you get the lead up before and after. So it's smart all the way around. There's some smart fellas. 
They know yes. what they're doing. They know how to write a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with, I mean, with that, I mean, what are what are some other? Okay, so the other relation to the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I, I was glad you said that. Back yeah. then, uh, you are or you are not a fan of John Blake's real name is Robin. Not. Not okay. I'm not. I mean, I, I get it. I saw it in the theater. I get our Dark Knight Rises kick. But I saw it in the theater with my wife, and then my parents wanted to go see it. I'm like, oh, I'll go again. So I'll, I'll never forget my mom nudging me and at the name drop Robin. She's like, "That's Robin, huh? Huh? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge." And I'm like, "Boo!" Like seeing it the <laughs> second time, I'm like, I just wish it would have been Dick, or wish it would have been. Give, give me a proper but the whole like nudge nudge wink wink here i am the whole time but that being said i did watch it as that scene was going on and go that's straight up only place of dying they're okay. in the study uh in my mind tim is having that discussion with dick but it's you know john blake and uh bruce at that time so i i got it and i was like i walked out of the theater going there's no, there's no way somebody did not read a lonely place of dying and go, that's a great scene because a lot of the things that John Blake is saying are a lot of the same things that Tim Drake is seeing in that scene. So with some problems I might have with the dark Knight rises, when I watch that scene, I'm still grinning from ear to ear. So I've, I like the Robin name drop. It actually works, uh, works for me. I really enjoy it. Uh, but I think the same thing when it comes to the study, the study scene and how he knows that he's Batman. Cause I instantly think that's, that's Tim Drake. Like that feels like Tim's Drake, Tim's Drake. <laughs> that's Tim's Drake. Okay. Uh, from lonely place of dying for sure. And reading it this time around also, I'm like that nothing can change my mind that, that like we, I said earlier with the Alfred Bruce scene, like you just said here is like, just nothing can really change your mind of like, they, they had to have read lonely place of dying and yeah. used some portion. And, and that just, that really works for me. And I also don't believe just because some, someone is referencing something that that automatically means that it's good. So, right. so if you want to tell somebody who's like, cause there is a criticism for sure on in dark Knight rises of, Oh, so this, this orphan just saw Bruce Wayne and said, you've got the look, you're Batman. Like yeah. if somebody says that and you want to be like, well, actually in a lonely place <laughs> of dying, Tim Drake did this too. That doesn't necessarily, that means that does, that's not a free pass that like it needs right. to be, uh, I don't know the term I'm looking for executed. Well, right. you know, they can't just say, Oh, I referenced that. So that means it's great. And for me, I just think that it is executed well. And Maybe that's because I'm reading it and it instantly triggered Tim Drake, Lonely Place of Dying for me. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't for some of these other people who've never read it before. And it right. didn't work for them. I can totally fess up and say it's a nostalgic kick for me. It's definitely yeah. dipping into Batman for me. And I get that. But for me in reading this story, those two scenes, those two examples in this story, I'm like, that's Dark Knight Rises. They pulled from this. They, they had to have. And it, yeah. and it totally works for me, too. Oh, yeah. Same here. I mean, and you can kind of get that scene where he's telling him, you know, it, in shorthand with Tim saying, when you moved to New York, there was no Robin. And then Bruce Wayne adopts Jason Todd. And all of a sudden there's a Robin again mm-hmm. in the turnaround with John Blake going, you're like, I saw you come in and I saw that look in your eye that, you know, anybody with any 
mental illness or anybody that's got, you know, that has a lot of depression to the average Joe, like you can fake it. But mm-hmm. when somebody else is kind of dealing with the same thing, you can kind of relate and go, I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I don't believe it. So again, like you said, I think that nostalgia just kind of works in. They're not I, a one-for-one one reference between the two, but thematically you can go, all right. And just given the location that they're in and yeah. the Wayne Manor with both of them, I was like, come on. Because like <laughs> on. you would go, we're, we're in this great room. They're standing in the great room here. So yeah, I, 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 really, I really dug it. So as much as I was like, mm, John Blake's Robin, I was kind of like, well, that's cool. I mean, like technically I did get my Robin. So anyway, there John, you happy Ryan Haas. John, <laughs> John Blake is Robin. Then he's Batman. And Pete Vera always likes to say, John Blake falls off a building that first night as Batman and dies. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm Batman. <laughs> is there anything else in the story that we haven't touched on that you'd like to bring up? Questions uh, or comments? Other than the very end, like I said, that whole speech um, about this isn't just a symbol of law. It's a symbol of justice. When one policeman is killed, another takes his place. Justice can't be stopped. Batman needs a Robin, no matter what he thinks, I think is a, a great line. And you get the end of it where Bruce kind of not reluctantly, but is saying, all right, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it my way by the book. And you get the, you get the passing of the torch from Dick Grayson to Tim, like purposely taking him to the Batcave, leaving the costume there, Tim putting it on with either some kind of little coaxing from Alfred in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really sets up, like you said, like they took their, their time, even if it was like less than a year, technically between one Robin and the other, it would almost be another full year of Batman stories where Tim does not get in the Robin costume at all. And you're rooting for this kid uh, the whole entire time. And a comment I said, I wanted to get back to what I akin this book to. And people say, why, why is Robin important? This is my dark Knight returns for Robin fans. If you want to know when people go, Batman's important because of this, they hold the dark Knight returns. Mine's the only place of dying. Robin is important because of these reasons. Read this book. So if you're somebody that's like, I don't know, I don't like Batman with the Robin. They Marv Wolfman does a great job of underlining why the Robin character is so important to Batman, why Batman needs a Robin and why Robin needs Batman. And it's echoed by two Robins being Tim Drake and uh, Dick Grayson and Alfred to some degree as well. Oh, yeah to some degree alfred to all degrees all degrees that makes sense i don't know uh i totally I, I agree uh some just quick well i as i think i would say a lot if i can choose i prefer batman alone uh if i can have a story with batman alone because i just i do love batman just kind of he's by himself looking after himself that does not mean that I don't support stories with a Robin, whether it's Dick Grayson or Tim Drake. Those are my two. Those, if it has to be Robin, I want it to be one of those two for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been obviously a couple episodes ago. I talked Batman and Robin with Damien and uh, Rob Myers knows how I feel about Damien. <laughs> oh yes, I do. <laughs> but that Batman and Robin run, I liked Damien. I like the dynamic with Dick Grayson and there's been Jason Todd stuff. That's good too. But uh 
I mean, we all sometimes forget that Batman wasn't solo for very long before Robin even entered the picture in his history. So you have that in your favor of Batman. It's, it's usually been the dynamic duo, you know, it's Batman Mm -hmm. and Robin and this story definitely enforces that. Uh, I, I also just love those late eighties, early nineties Batcave drawings. I I love the feeling of the Batcave in that, that era of DC comics. And then I, I really love the Joker tease at the very end. I always remember I was glad that you, being like, Oh my gosh, it's a Joker. <laughs> and that was the first appearance of the Joker since uh, him faking his death at the end of death in the family, which mm-hmm. again, why these three books aren't collected together. They read so, so well together is, is just beyond me. I know DC's listening to this show. You better get us our trilogy book. Damn it. (laughs) Damn it. Well, let's hop into some, some favorite parts. If you can do that, Rob. All right. Uh, What is your, what's your favorite part of Batman, a lonely place of dying? The cover to four, four, two. So iconic cover. Um, I have been rubbing it in your face all episode. It's another book that I have autographed by ah. Marv Wolfman and ah. George Perez uh, is actually the first autographs I ever got at a comic convention. Nice. You want to talk about being totally uh, like, I, I don't know what the proper etiquette is here. Um, I didn't know, like I had took my little recorder with me to get, if you listen to the intro to the show, you'll hear Marv Wolfman and George mm-hmm. Perez say their thing. I got it at that comic expo, but just seeing Robin swinging in when I picked up that first cover I was like that is the single greatest image I've seen in a long time that Robin was back on a book so that is my favorite exterior uh shot I and I know I teased you you'd sent me a picture of that autographs copy and I'm like I do I've always loved that cover DC comics aren't just for kids Kids. but here's a kid front and center with spotlight on him right exactly (laughs) it's it's funny to me uh so that's your that's your favorite part yeah, I, probably like tied into it, but probably my my favorite part is uh, the fight between Two Face and okay. uh, Robin. Seeing him, um, I, I know you asked panel if I'm jumping the gun here, but the panel of him running into frame uh, in the smoldering rubble, um, where he says that Two Face of Batman and Nightwing are dead. Robin is going to make you pay. I, I love I love that that shot. Very cool. Nice. Well, I'll have to say that my favorite part, uh, call it weird or not, is definitely that speech between Alfred and Bruce. Mm. Uh, Alfred, Bruce's best friend, uh, his confidant, his father figure, his servant, like everything. And he is just telling him, telling it like it is. Just like the effect that it had on me in The Dark Knight Rises, that's how this had an effect on me in, uh, in reading this book. And since... We're going to hop ahead now too. of favorite panel. All right. So let's, let's see. I want to get it exactly. I wrote it down, but I want to find it. Uh, the end of the new Titans number 60. Mm, okay. the very last page. I don't know one panel, but the page in its entirety and it's the skyline of Gotham. And then it breaks. It starts in close on a, profile shot of batman uh, that's and a great zoom page. out zoom out zoom out and he's on a gargoyle and it just keeps zooming out and so it and it ends with the, a coin flipping but that also is- it's bruce's the image the image itself 
but then it's the interior monologue where he's reflecting on Jason. Mm -hmm. I just think that's like, I, I printed this out in high school and I kept it in my locker and just put it on the door. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> nice. I'm just like, I love everything about this. I think it's great. I think when you take, when you want a little something different, cause we all love the ass kicking Batman. Of course. We right. Do. But sometimes you're, you're in the mood for a little different flavor. Well, this is, this is that where the powerful unstoppable Batman is uh, it's taken. Like he's hurting too. And it, I, I just think it's, it's relatable if you really want to get into thinking deep about it of it's relatable that all of us, I think have moments of just like, I just need to sit by myself, get away and just silence and just think mm -hmm. uh, there's a shot like this that wasn't used in Batman begins. And it was one of the first uh, first shots released of Bale kind of oh, crouched yeah. down like on steps. And it's definitely that scene around that scene where he saves Rachel. Uh, yeah. the, when she gets off the train it's it's taken from that and never used but that that shot made me think of of this page too and i just really like this page yeah um, my other honorable mention is would be page 11 of 442 uh where robin is getting moving the boulders out of the beams and it's all in that like monochromatic colors where he yeah. says for now just call me robin i think that's just that's a uh, another honorable well, honorable they, mention it's really cool too as they go through that and the the changes in, in color of like Batman of the blues and then like a, a slight purple for, you know, like a, for his suit and then you get to Robin and even Robin's red and then his mouth are the same color. Like, yeah, those are yeah the, the color, the toning of all that is, is really, really well done. Uh, yep. Would you like to see Lonely Place of Dying adapted into animation? Yes. Yes. A, million, okay. a million times yes uh what uh, style tv series a movie probably probably animated i mean i would love to say movie but i th i think i would really like to see this animated like from from day one reading it i just think this would translate very well and having you know the batman animated series just coming right around the corner from this a couple years away watching that i would go man i would love to see this done that way so when we got under the red hood i was like man get, give me a lonely place and i think this you could do this in that type of medium without having to do a lot of other history and try and tell stuff before because through the whole story you're getting like the complete history of batman and robin up to this point so i think that's how i'd prefer it is to see it animated yeah i think i would too we we referenced already some of the live action references to this found in the dark knight prizes i'd like to see animated and i think that they could do it because for some reason the the dc anti animated movies they've just decided to not use tim drake and i don't yeah. i don't know why when like he's been around longer than damien has and there's such an affinity for tim drake's robin so i don't know why they skipped over him and just kind of went right to damien but I you think could go ahead no, sorry. I think there's there's a weird time frame of when Tim is corrected and when the media that's going to be very popular starts to really get going as far as streaming and Blu-rays and mm -hmm. VHS. By the time that happens, Tim's already read Robin and Damien's starting to be introduced as Robin. So it, it's just, it's yeah. so odd. Like for Tim to be such a popular character and be one of the top selling books in his 
series, we just did a show on Everyone Loves a Drake about the 30th anniversary for Robin 1 and Robin 2, Joker's Wild, that those both came out in the same year and were in the top five books of those respective years and everything else is image. Yeah. And there's one lone DC book. So it, it's really weird to, to say like, I think he just got missed by the medium of the day, but in comic book form, he was DC's top champ for, for a good little, a good little bit. By the time you get to the animation, it's like, yeah, we're going to go a different route, but we'll reference Jason Todd. It's, it's so odd. Yeah. I think it's such an iconic thing that happens to Jason and such a pivotal moment for Batman that that's, that's a great story beat to go back to, but for Tim, like, Oh, he's just, he's a, he's a good hero. He doesn't have any major flaws that we can play with. So we need somebody with angst and Tim's not that guy. I think they could really do it. They could in, in adapting this, they could, they wouldn't even have to change much except mm-hmm. instead of saying that Jason died, say that Damien died. And you could almost say that it almost would have like- a, it would have a more drastic effect too on Bruce because Bruce's own child died. This yeah. wasn't just his award. This was like, no, his, his flesh and blood. And that could almost, I don't know. You do, you do a, a movie, an animated movie. Cause it, it seems like they've started a new timeline and we'll see how much interconnectivity there is here. But uh, since apocalypse war there, I don't know. I just feel like that's how they could do it is if they're going to keep Damien as Robin in this, this version will then kill Damien. There we go. And <laughs> Lauer's happy. Yeah. And <laughs> I'll, I'll buy it three times. Uh, but then, and then take your time and have your follow-up movie play in, in the, the timeline here. And you do a lonely place of dying, except Damien died and, Tim can do the exact same thing. Tim is still going back to Dick and saying he needs to be Robin. I think that that's how they could make it work. Come on, DC. You've gotten so many ideas in this episode. Take that one at least. Right. Lauer is just writing checks of gold and you just have to Too cash much. them. You know, and I didn't even charge. I didn't right. even charge anything. I just want a little credit. You just want to see the Batman book club in the, in the, in the credits yeah. of the movie. That's yeah. all you want the to Batman see. Book club. That's all. I, come on. Come yeah. on. Uh, Final thoughts on Lonely Place of Dying, Rob Myers. What do you What do you want to say? Uh, it is my deserted island pick. If you could only pick, you know, mm. one book to read over and over for the rest of your life on a deserted island, this is that book. This is the book when somebody says, "What's a great Batman and Robin story?" This is that book. It's my It's my single favorite book. It is really the book that got me hungry for collecting comics. I was buying comics, but I became a comic book collector the the week the Wednesday Warrior. Yeah. I think it was actually Thursday Warrior back then. Of going to the shop and picking up books, and it was it was this book. So, coming off the heels of one of my favorite movies at the time, Batman '89, Batman was everywhere. Robin was back. So yeah, this I, I adore this book. I've read it so many times. I can't I can't count that high. You said this is your Dark Knight. Is this your Long Halloween? Yes, this will be my long <laughs> Halloween. And I'm a little disappointed. I thought I have every trade ever produced. You held one that I do not have. Oh. I, yeah. I, it, as soon as you showed that to me, I was like, oh, crap. I forgot that existed. So now I have to try and track that down. Uh, you can find it. It is on the eBay. And I actually, I think I looked for this not too long ago. It's reasonably priced. I don't 
I feel like I saw it for like forty dollars. That's not bad. That's not bad. no, and that's the cover price. I was price afraid you book. were going to say like eighty. I was like, oh god, I'm going to buy it anyway. But <laughs> no, that's uh, yeah, and that I think that's that, well, that's the the cover price. Um, oh, whoops. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Give it give it a look, and then there yeah. you go. Uh, but very cool. I think yeah, for my affection for the book because it was one of one of my first or it was my first trade and i read it all the time i looked at the pictures all the time it's it's gonna stand it missed my top 10 in the yeah. episode that i did for number 50 but there are a lot of other really good stories that missed my top 10 so yeah. if you Understood. want honorable mentions it's in the honorable mention i don't know where between 11 and 15 it is but it's in there somewhere yeah. it's um, it's my it's my number one with without even having to blink it's that that's my favorite Batman story ever told. Oh boy. Love it. Yeah, I, I love it. It's great. It's good stuff. Uh, Rob Myers, thank you for returning to the Batman Book Club. Thanks for having me. I love being on here. I like it's, having it's, you on. It's so roomy in here compared to, <laughs> compared to the Drake house. We're all crammed in. <laughs> Move so over, roomy. Terrence. <laughs> uh, if, why don't you go ahead and plug? Where can, if people are unfamiliar for some reason... Yeah, with your with your show and uh, on Twitter and what all you're up to. Why don't you go ahead and plug some plug some stuff? Um, after my little uh, spring break, I took a little sabbatical, kind of from mm-hmm. social media for a minute, just to kind of recharge. But I'm back. You can follow me at Drummer Rob Ten. Uh, the three shows I'm going to promote one for the very first time. Uh, the first and primary show at the moment is Robin. Everyone loves the Drake at ELTD Podcast. Uh, Terrence and Ryan and myself just recorded episode one. 60 something I, I lost the track of the uh the numbers somewhere along the line um and that is going to be coming out this coming wednesday depending on uh, at the time of this recording and we are talking about the 30th anniversary of both robin one and robin two jokers wild came out in the exact same year which is kind of cool uh the second show that we're trying to dust the wheels off with jay yaws uh everyone Ooh. loves young justice the elyj podcast on twitter and the brand new show that just recorded episode number one. We're leaving the comic book realm, kind of, although there are some comics about this band. Uh, the Caruso brothers, uh, Nicholas and Nico Caruso and myself, have a show called Right Between the Eyes. It's a KISS podcast at RBTE podcast on Twitter. So it's not available yet. The Twitter feed is out there. I've, it's only just an eye of one of the KISS members. So if you can find it uh we'll be launching that officially the end of may uh beginning of june so be on the lookout for that if you're wanting to uh they're kind of they're comic booky they're superhero-ish a lot of a lot of blood and blowing up stars and stuff like that but uh yeah so if you got a music taste and we're also going to be covering uh some of the opening bands that have opened them throughout the years nice. acdc judas priest bon jovi etc cetera, et cetera. so we're gonna have like a nice wide range so it's gonna be a fun show with those guys uh, you guys did an episode for Let's Go. Let's Go. Uh, that... Covering Kiss. And I yeah. listened to that and that was awesome because my family is, they're, uh, they're part of the Kiss Army. Nice. And so, yeah, I grew up listening to Kiss. And so I, I'm a fan. That was a joy to listen to. So it's very exciting. That's, that's where that episode came out of. We had, had fun on that. And uh, after we got off the call, I texted him back and I was like, that was, that was good. You want to do that like <laughs> a lot more times? You want to talk more Kiss? You want to talk more Kiss? So, yeah. Very cool. And funny that you mentioned Mr. Jay Yaws as he was my last episode talking tr- strange apparitions. Yes. Uh, cool one of my book, favorite stories. 
love that that run and yeah jay is an icos an icla encyclopedia of knowledge saturday oh, dude saturday language my gosh <laughs> he makes me he makes me sound like the pamphlet of cliff notes like if cliff <laughs> notes is the watered down version with jay is on the show I, all i can say are words like cool awesome words <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> say it again jay cool what a great guy cool cool <laughs> cool me <Very> too cool. <laughs> well if you'd like to follow the batman book club on twitter and instagram just go to at the batman bc for latest episode drops upcoming episodes sometimes even some giveaways you can also follow me on twitter at lauer underscore ryan lauer spelled like lower you can also write into the batman book club at the batman bc at gmail.com for questions or comments concerns go to eric holzman you can also check out all of my reviews and other posts and participation on other podcasts and interviews on batman on film just go to batmanonfilm.com and look up my name and you can also support the show the batman book club on t public yes merchandise for the batman book club uh art and logos uh t-shirts um notebooks uh a flag, I think, if you want, and a onesie, if you want to put your Ooh. want to put your child or even a pet in a onesie, you can have the Batman book club on that. But if you don't want to spend any money, that's a okay. You can still support the show by rating and review it on Apple Podcasts. So the link to the Apple Podcast rate and review page is in the description of this episode. The more reviews you get, the more it helps spread the word. And as we all know, that word is panic. So. For Rob Myers, I am Ryan Lauer. Yes, it's two R's talking about the R. Until next time, read my Batman comics. Mm-hmm.